Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Great to have you in on Friday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska. Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. I enjoy uh, getting uh, choices A or B as the wife is furniture shopping. A hell of a lot or kind of a hell of a lot. So uh, let's limp through Friday together. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-800. 5865. Numbers to get in. Can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. The good doctor, Derek Peterson, going to be with us in about 15 minutes. We have some thoughts on uh, the NCAA from the NCAA. We have voices from Big Ten parents. Bill Bender, Sporting News, college football man, going to be with us in an hour. Vince Powers from Powers Law, Vince Powers and Associates. Vince will be back with us. I want his take on the letter that was crafted and sent uh, from a law firm in Norfolk last night that has several Husker players, including the McCaffreys, on it, demanding transparency, demanding uh, the, the the minutes, the notes, the audio, stuff you and I have been screaming for the last couple of days, Elijah, uh, from the Big Ten during their council and chancellor and president's sit-down that happened last Saturday. Give me the info. Tell me who said no. All right? You're going to change things and going to help, but you can point your venom at other people, I guess, in in the COVID year. Uh, so, yeah, we'll hear from Vince Powers. What What's going to come of this letter and deadline of August 24th to have all of the audio, all of the, the notes from the chancellors and presidents meeting demanded by the Nebraska parents. Good for the Nebraska parents continuing to put pressure on the Big Ten to sound off and step up. You have the numbers to get in. It's okay to high-five, still do it via the air. The COVID dial in Lincoln has moved the correct direction back to moderate. Notre Dame is still worth watching. And uh, if you're going to Tuscaloosa, wear a hazmat outfit. That is pretty much evident today. Elijah, what's up? How's your week? Uh, not too bad. Uh, you're talking about the COVID dial, though. We are still about a week from seeing if there's anything from the U- University of Nebraska, anything from campus. But... For now, encouraging stuff. If you're a betting man, and maybe you've been invited, I don't know. Maybe you're partying this weekend, I don't know. But how how crazy is it going to get in Lincoln this first weekend? I know you guys have been all online all week, but it gets real for in-person classes on Monday. Uh, I think this week may have been more crazy than what this weekend's going to be. Ah. Uh, we'll see. I, I think there are enough people out there that are kind of reasonable saying, I'll avoid the weekend. I'll just go out during the weekdays. Okay. Uh, which Pacing is, oneself. Which is sort of reasonable, I guess. When sure. You, when you think about it. But uh, not quite sure. I know the Champions League finals on Sunday, so I'm going to go try to find somewhere to watch that. We'll see if I can find somewhere socially distanced while opening down in the, uh, down in the rail yard. Well, and I mean, I, I just call our friend... Uh 
Katie Martin up and, and uh, give old Gorman a shout and just say, hey, uh, put it on the cube. Yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm crossing my fingers for because then I can sit outside. Yeah, you could sit on the, one of the picnic tables and kind of, I don't know, get some yellow tape. Socially distance or tape, tape off your region, get some ribs from your friends at Longwell's. Well, I'm thinking it's two o'clock on a Sunday is the Champions League huh? final, so I'm thinking there's not going to be that many people out anyway. So. No, they'll all be getting ready for in person courses. Yeah, unlike me. <laughs> so uh, let's get you an update with the NCAA uh, Division One Board of Governors. Friday, they granted an extra year of eligibility to fall sports athletes in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic. This news coming down about 45 minutes ago. You felt like the decision was going to go this way, similar to the uh, one the NCAA made for the spring sport athletes who lost part or all of their seasons due to the pandemic. The difference here is the fall sport athletes may still get their full seasons. So if you're playing football in the SEC, the ACC, or the Big 12, you get a cherry on top. Uh, for either the fall or winter uh, slash spring of 2021. This is a blanket waiver that could allow for true uh, free agent year in college sports. So I'm interested here, what's next for the Nebraska football team? And I'm anxious to know how many guys are going to want to hang on fight through in hopes of winter or spring, and we'll get to what's the better call, Elijah, here in a second. We'll talk about what what season you prefer that you're stuck with. Do you want to go January 1st? Do you want to go after the Super Bowl? Okay. But if, if you're a Nebraska football player and you're a senior, and let's list them, you got, you got Farniak, you've got Hymas, you've got Mills, all right, uh, That that's just on – on the offensive side of the ball. Isn't uh, Jack stole, stole? Stole the tight end. Defensively, you got Stilly. All right. Uh, Damian Daniels is not a senior. but And DeAndre Thomas, not a senior. But both those guys have been here a while. They're juniors. Uh, you've got Colin Miller. Will Honus, Juco kid. You got JoJo Doman. JoJo's a senior. Deontay uh, Williams. Markel Dismuke. Basically the whole secondary. And Boodle. <laughs> I mean, are you looking? And I'm not saying they are. I'm saying put yourself in their shoes. Are you saying, all right, can I go play for Les Miles? Can I uh, head down and, and play at K-State? Do I go to Ames? Do I look at Oklahoma? I mean, would it surprise you <laughs> knowing that Lane Kiffin's already been on Feinbaum this week, national radio show, throwing the old fishing pole in the water, the line's out there. Hey, come on and transfer. Come on down to the SEC. We're playing ball. I mean, that's not so subtle. It's it's tampering without the direct message or, or text. I mean, if you're Kentucky, are you burning the phones up trying to get a hold of Wandale Robinson? Come on back home, son. We're playing ball here. I hate, like, speaking this because it's bad enough that you're not getting to, to participate if you're a Nebraska football player or you're, you're a soccer player or volleyball's been pushed to spring, and I know John Cook likes spring for volleyball anyway, but, I mean, he's crushed it every fall, everywhere uh, he's, every time he's been on the sideline for Nebraska. But is that a concern? Is that a danger? And 
the seniors I, I would get, but even like an Omar Manning. I mean, he couldn't go to the SEC, and Nebraska did a great job of recruiting him and, and helping him. But technically now, now that he's been accepted, does the math, math, that math course counts in the Big Ten? He got to, he got to, to, to graduate JUCO and come to Lincoln. Does that prohibit him from leaving? And these are all like doomsday scenarios. We've already had like the worst week, all right? Because things were, were you know, nail in the coffin was, was a reality with Commissioner Warren uh, with his open letter on Wednesday. It's no more wiggle room. Uh, Bill Moose, and we'll get to this news in, in a moment with just the furlough reality for Nebraska folks that are part of the university that are amazing people that help that athletic department go, 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 and one of the finest, if not the, in, in college. I mean, there's there's 50-plus folks that are furloughed. But from a, from a player standpoint, how much of your roster gets gutted if you're Michigan, if you're Michigan State, if you're Nebraska, if you're Iowa, if you're Minnesota? It's one thing to have guys that are going to go play in the league or be top two or three-round draft picks leave and not jerk with an uncertain winter or spring season. It's another if you have like underclassmen bolt. Seniors, you can kind of get. You don't want it to happen. You know what's so heart-wrenching is not only the work that was put in to, to have a bounce-back season and see what Nebraska football will be this 2020 season, but... I mean, I, I don't know about you, but we were both pretty excited uh, about the offensive line. Elijah and I were. You're going to see a really talented, kind of grizzled offensive line group. Maybe go win some football games in the fourth quarter. You got to hope and pray that the the waiting period till January or February happens, and you get what you get, and you hope everybody sticks and stays. But if I'm Deontay Williams and Dedrick Mills, and I've already jacked around with Juco and battled through that, and Mills is a very talented back, do you want to mess with another year? You've been granted one, great. But do you want to play, a, sorry to say this, a bastardized season in, in the winter where there may or may not be a bowl game? Or your only bowl games against a, a Pac-12 team? Let's be clear. We don't even know if there's going to be a, a season in the spring. We can. That's the plan as of now. But the plan as of three weeks ago is mm-hmm. that we were going to have a fall season. We, we don't know what to think from that's coming from the Big Ten. No, we, we, we sure don't. And the Pac-12 is, is a part of that. I'm going to go back to the, the SEC and the ACC, though. I was looking at some information a buddy sent me. And let's just look at the ACC. You've got Syracuse that's having issues. Florida State's been a mess. All right. Uh, Notre Dame has is, is got a two-week online implementation right now. Clemson just put out their test numbers. I think three or four folks out of damn near 450 people recently have been tested, and nobody on a team has tested positive. So Clemson's phenomenal. They're, they're doing a great job. But you, you have North Carolina – they're forging forward to play football. You have Alabama, where you've got kids that it's like day one or two of, of courses down there. <laughs> and Alabama, uh, talking to a friend who teaches down there, there's like 12 people in a class, all right, because of social distancing. And 
eight are quarantined, six are getting tested. So there's like two people in class, in a class out of 12. That's Alabama. So what happens with Notre Dame? Is Notre Dame the linchpin? Are they going to stick and stay with, well, if there's no school, there's no football? Are they going to change their mind now that they've got a deal done with the ACC and NBC's uh, a big player? Notre Dame's got so much money. Not that it wouldn't hurt, but they have so much money that they can withstand something like this. They haven't BYU print money. But if Notre Dame like says, you know, we better, uh, we better not move forward with, with, uh, with a fall football schedule or season. Does that then make the rest of the ACC freak? And if the ACC freaks, does the SEC back off? In, in a week and a half or two weeks, are we you know, buying a drink and sending a beer down to our friends in the Big 12 and over to the ACC and to the SEC because they are having no fall football either? Well, I mean, let's look at it. And as, if Notre Dame were to go out, I mean, look at what happened to the Big Ten in the past two weeks where they have schools that still want to play football. A couple don't. But the, the backlash that they received because they had a blanket cancellation of the season just because a couple schools say they couldn't play or didn't want to play. I don't think that the ACC or the Big 12 or the, the SEC would want to go repeat and go down that path themselves. Here's the difference. And you have the, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 that are your two leaders slash martyrs here, all right? <clears throat> Pac-12 had their, their bleep together and documentation. As big of a screwball as their commissioner is, he sat on ESPN and had a detailed reasoning laid out and communicated like he's been on camera before. They laid out the why. Here's our data. This is what Stanford's saying. Here's what our friends at Oregon, Cal Berkeley. I mean, go through the list, right? I mean, there's some phenomenal facilities out on the West Coast. The Pac-12 explained themselves. The Big Ten didn't, and the Big Ten was first. Two big differences as to why there's backlash. On top of the fact the footprint in the Big Ten, a lot of it, is much safer than the West Coast or some of the Rust Belt. That's just the difference. That's the reasoning. Now, if Notre Dame says this is crazy, uh, we are tapping out, then you'll get some nervous feelings. It's one thing for North Carolina to just kind of plow forward. They're also really dependent on on hoops, okay? If, If football checks out, good luck trying to get basketball started when they want to start it. That's the other side of things. And it's not just Carolina, but you've got Duke and you've got that whole Tobacco Road triangle plus Syracuse. I mean, think of the ACC. Yes, they've got Notre Dame. Yes, they're killing it with Clemson. All right. Yes, they've got the U. Yes, there's Florida State. But they, they're, they're huge with basketball. And I know football's the moneymaker, but their identity is more basketball than Clemson for football. We'll see what happens. Uh, just really sad with uh, what had to happen with the Nebraska Athletic Department furloughing more than 50, enacting salary reductions due to the $100 million budget shortfall. Um, you have the confirmation by Bill Moose, 51 employees of his department of more than 330 
plus you've had X number of layoffs that happened back in June. So you've got 10% pay cuts that are happening. Uh, then you have furloughs, and it's just a flat-out mess. And that, I'm sure, has been communicated in follow-up conversations and calls with the league office. It's one thing about safety. It's another thing about understanding that uh, not every region is the same. We'll talk to Derek Peterson, Dr. Petey, coming up on Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Bill Bender's coming up here, less than an hour. Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Vince Powers... Vince Powers Law coming up. We'll get his takeaway on the uh, recent uh, filing by an attorney in law group in Norfolk of Nebraska, you know, Nebraska parents and a, and a lawyer got together and they've sent a request of uh, transparency to the Big Ten commissioner and office on the Council on Presidents and Chancellors vote that happened as to shut down the fall, what becomes of it. We welcome in Derek Peterson, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine, at Dr. Petey, HV on Twitter. So, Dr. Petey, what are you guys watching right now? Um, well, I just – I was talking to Elijah about this. I just turned on the, the Nuggets-Jazz playoff game, but Good. that one's at halftime, I believe. Um, before that, I have uh, spent the last hour and a half or so just kind of trying to – sort through thoughts on the the blanket waiver that the mm-hmm. NCAA just granted. Let's go there, because we spend quite a bit of the first segment talking about it. And sure. first, first, good. I'm glad that, that student-athletes will have uh, this blanket waiver to lean on, and they'll be able to, to, get, a, to, to get the year of COVID back. Good. Yeah. But... Yeah your immediate reaction and application to the Nebraska football roster. Do you see things heating up uh, or having to re-recruit most of, not most of, but, but some of your roster, if you're Nebraska, does this hit home with the big red? Do they have to worry about kids opting out and going somewhere else? Oh, I mean, headaches on headaches on headaches, right? I mean, like, you know, it's not. I mean, it, it, the first thing that you have to you have to focus on, you have to focus financially on what this does moving forward. Because, like Nebraska, they're at 80 scholarships right now. You can carry 85 in a season. They've got 14 players committed. So, like, let's say, and 13 of those 80 scholarship players are seniors. So, let's say all 13 of those scholarship seniors decide to come back. At minimum, if Nebraska doesn't add another person to its 2021 recruiting class, which I don't think is likely. But just at minimum, you're talking about 94 scholarship players um, heading into the the fall 2021 season, and it, they'd be able to exceed the cap with those scholarship players. The the seniors wouldn't count towards the cap, the NCAA thing. But um, the school would have to decide if they wanted to pay for the 13 seniors, mm-hmm. because even though the NCAA granted that extra year of of eligibility and that extra year on the clock. They didn't require schools to pay for financial aid. A school can reduce the financial aid or completely eliminate it. And so you're going to have to figure out, you know, like you, you saw Wisconsin in the spring, they didn't bring spring sport athletes back. I mean, I, I think just the first thing there is you're going to have to figure out, like, 
are you going to bring people back? If so, what does that do to your finances? If so, what does that do moving forward with, with scholarship numbers, with recruiting, with roster management and things like that? Like Nebraska adding in walk-ons could conceivably have 160 players on its roster next year, um, which is kind of a nightmare. And then you start to also think about, <clears throat> like, like sh- let's shift gears to volleyball for a second. Volleyball has, has Kennedy Orr, the number one player in the country for the class of 2021 committed. She's a setter. And the way it was lining up was that Nicklin Hames was going to have this season, her junior season, and then next season, her senior season, which would be Kennedy Orr's freshman season at Nebraska. And then Hames would have exhausted her eligibility and Kennedy Orr would take over. Now, Hames has the, the option of coming back for an additional year. And so you might see, like, like maybe before the plan was for um, Orr to redshirt her first year on campus and then just take over for Nicklin Hames after Hames was done. But now you might have Orr sitting there behind Hames for two seasons, maybe. Um, and, like, you're going to get those, like, this directly applies to, like, the quarterback position in football, too. Like, you're going to get those those kind of roster decisions that coaches are going to have to make. Like, I think the transfer portal is going to get a major workout. I think, you know, we're going to see people start changing their, um, like, the way that they utilize the redshirt thing, the four-game redshirt rule in football and redshirts in other sports. Like, I just think and – and I don't even know – like I said, I've been spending like the last hour and a half trying to think through all of these things. Like, I don't know. There's so many questions that I think are going to pop up. This is potentially going to be a a major logistical headache for the next three or four years, possibly crazy. Derek, I was going to ask you about that redshirt rule and specifically how it pertains to spring football for Nebraska. Say Nebraska only has four scheduled games in the spring. Then would those redshirt players be able to, play all four games do we do we know yet um theoretically yeah i don't i don't i haven't seen anything but yeah theoretically they would be able to yeah so then whenever you're looking at these (laughs) other conferences could they strategically use red shirts i guess if they want certain transfer players to come in from these other schools I, it, it is just, you're right, it's a logistical nightmare. I'm, I'm not trying to put you on the spot here. I, I'm just kind of confused by this whole ruling. <laughs> you have a headache. Yeah, now I have a headache. What's, yeah. in, your, what, yeah, what, what, mean, what's in your fridge? Are you, you got red wine, or, or what, what do you got going? <laughs> you're right, though, Spitty. Like, people are going to have, like, colleges, and this this was the case, like, the minute the the, the Big Ten announced that, hey, we're not going to play fall football, like, now everyone's going to have to start re-recruiting players on their own team. Like, you're going to have to recruit, like, for Nebraska specifically, you're going to have to talk to your guys and make sure that, like, hey, you're still good, right? Like, you're still, you still want to be here and, and, and all that other stuff. And that's, those are probably conversations you're going to have to continue to have moving forward. Yeah, I mean, like, if, if the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 are able to carry out a season, like, if they're able to get the full 10 games in, um, that they're planning on, or even if they're able to get, like, five or six, like, they have a, 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 serious leg up on the Big Ten and the Pac-12. They do, and that's that. That's so frustrating, and if, if they get a full season in, we're left to January 1st when you should be hopefully playing a bowl game. No, you're kicking off the season in Detroit of all freaking places. Uh, two, 
maybe you're you're gonna say uh, we're not gonna go head to head with the NFL in their postseason, so we'll wait and and do it after the Super Bowl. So it's a late February start through through March to April, which whatever. But it just it just didn't get a match up because then it's gonna screw you for your your 2021 fall, right? Assuming we can all play football again. Because are you gonna yeah. are you gonna have a shortened season in twenty twenty one? Or does that mean you and I can't road trip to Eskimo Joe's and go watch Nebraska Oklahoma? I mean, you know, and I, I mean that's selfish, but I'm thinking of the Nebraska Oklahoma game in twenty twenty one. I'm thinking of the Ireland showdown with Hey now. Illinois. Hey now, hey now, hey now. What's up? Hey now. Eskimo Eskimo Joe's is in Stillwater. Well if we're going to Norman. If we're fine. going to Norman, we're going to the Mont and I'm giving you a swirl. <laughs> Hold on. You said we're going where, and I'm getting a what? The month, and you're getting a swirl. Why don't we just it's go to alcoholic? That's an alcoholic beverage. Why don't we just go to Switzer's Cabana? I mean, we could do that. We could go to O'Connell's. Okay, so okay, I thought there was an Eskimo Joe's in like a second location in Norman. Did I screw that up? I just I insulted no, that's a, that's you. A- that's an Oklahoma State thing. Yeah, get out of here with that. <laughs> I mean, if there's an Eskimo Joe's in Norman, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. There's we we went no to the still around. We went to the stockyards. Is that still around? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have to the, st- uh, the we... stockyards. The yeah. stockyards has a famous steakhouse that uh, yeah. most notably Nebraska's running backs coach Ryan Held visits every time he's in Oklahoma recruiting. See, I was the last time I was at the stockyards. It was '96, and Scott Frost threw for like eight touchdowns on Oklahoma. It was wonderful. They dropped '77 <laughs> on. On John Blake, <laughs> it was sweet. Uh, yeah, and you went to Cattleman's and had a steak. I did. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cattleman's. Yeah, we went to went to Cattleman's, yeah. and we were not quite of age, but Sooner fans obliged, and we ended up with Jack Daniels that night. It was wonderful. So, okay, we we went, we took a right turn there. Uh, NBA. Uh, it is second, secondly, and last thought here when it comes to Nebraska football. Do you have a preference, January or or? Post Super Bowl February for a season. I don't. I don't really have a preference on when. The only thing that I care about at this point is is minimal impact on the 2021 season and minimal impact on um, student athletes' recovery period. Like they're mm-hmm. they're um, away time from football. Like as, as if you can get your season in and you can structure it in a way that you're not going to kill players with like ten straight weeks of football. Um, and also, like Jeff Brom's plan calls for not just an eight-game season in, that, that would begin in what January, but it also has a ten-game abbreviated fall 2021 season. I don't think anybody wants that. Um, I don't know that we're going to be able to go to Ireland. I don't. That's not any reporting. I just kind of like mm-hmm. questioned if that's still a viable option. Sure. Um, but like, I don't want the 2021 season impacted. I want to be able to go to Norman. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be able to kind of see that season because I thought this year's Nebraska football team was going to be fun and I think next year's Nebraska football team just with with the roster that they have currently and the guys coming in I think can be really fun Um, so as long as players are are taken care of during the offseason and and those guys have um, a full 2021 season that's really all I care about at this point. Last thought uh, who scores seats we were talking about this this week, so we've adopted the Leach and uh, Mississippi State squad. That's who we're going to check in on out of the SEC. Uh, okay. Since there's no Nebraska football, we'll have the Pirate on for Pirate updates. Who knows what the hell we'll talk about. But I'm interested, 
I've always wanted to go to the Texas-Oklahoma game. I've always had to watch it. Can we get down to Norman this year? I'll drive and, and get in, uh, do a radio show with Switzer on Friday, and then do a pregame uh, ahead of Tech. Can we make that like our road trip game? I've got about like a minute. Do you have some ins I mean, we hey. can work on? I mean, I can work on some stuff. I'm down. I I actually asked friends. Um, uh, I think it was because the Big Ten made its announcement on a Tuesday. I think by Wednesday, I was asking friends like, "Hey, what is what is attendance going to be like in the Big 12? Because for the first time in three years, I'm going to be able to go back to potentially go back to Dallas to Dallas for OU Texas weekend. Um, we always now they're not going to have the fair, but they might have the game, and I think they're still planning to play at the Cotton Bowl. With well, I think it's in no, I think it's fans. in Norman. I think it's in Norman this year. I think it's home and home the next two years. Did that get decided? I thought it was. I thought it was still happening at the Cotton Bowl. Is it? No, I I, I don't know. I'll double check. Maybe they're still having it at the Cotton Bowl, but yeah, the the, the fair's punted. So yeah, uh, that was that was what it what it was last I looked. But well, either way, like I'm down for a Norman road trip. Or right. some magic and get you some stuff. That'd be great, man. I love going to Norman. And we, we will hit uh, Cattleman's. That'll be outstanding. Dr. Petey, enjoy your NBA. We'll talk again soon. Thanks for the time. Appreciate you, man. Thunder right. up. There he is. Calling his Thundershot. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Coming up, we'll uh, spend some time on Hunter Solace. Nice uh, report from Rivals on what's going on with him. 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Let's talk about what was supposed to be a loud outcry. And, and it's been covered and the uh, message clear by parents of the Big Ten today with uh, parents protesting at Big Ten headquarters. Vince Powers coming up here at 525, get his take on the, uh, the, lo- the letter and uh, lawyering up of some Nebraska players' parents and their request from the Big Ten. That's just around uh, a bit after the second hour. But uh, Elijah, jump in here. You know, I, I thought... And I, I had in my mind when I heard this movement was going to happen and I saw the flight bookings on <laughs> on Twitter from parents from uh, Ohio State, specifically Sean Wade's dad, Randy Wade. 25 uh, parents attended this gathering. You had about 30 folks in all. You had Ohio State and Iowa and Illinois and Wisconsin parents all represented They had let them play signs. We want to play. The office of the Big Ten remained closed on Friday. Commissioner Warren and members of the conference staff, they've been working remotely during this pandemic. You've got coverage. It's a protest and objection by moms and dads towards the Big Ten. This thing I thought was going to be a little louder maybe get a little more weight. And I, I don't want to say it whimpered out. That's that's not how I feel because it was time and energy and love by the parents for their, their sons and, and, and the football team and other sports this fall that got hosed. But man, um, despite some of the coverage, and I know it's not a good look, anytime you got parents protesting out your league office, uh, this thing was 
pretty much neutralized by the open letter. Even though the open letter didn't answer many more questions, it's prompted some uh, potential legal action by by Nebraska parents uh, here by next week. It it really didn't deliver in in the masses I thought it could the the end of this week. Yeah, well, Kevin's Warren letter is exactly it. He kind of laid out those points for why they did cancel the season. Whether you like it or not, he laid out his points. And that was the main argument from these parents is we want to know why the season was canceled. And now that you have those points, it, it was kind of the less questioning how do we get here and is more just a we want our season mm-hmm. protest. And it, it just didn't have the same power, didn't have the same sticking effect. And just the, the total number of parents there, uh, while – it was a good chunk for the amount of people probably had to, to road trip. It wasn't anything it wasn't, substantial. It wasn't hundreds or thousands no. of people protesting. And we this has been the summer of protest, right? I mean, you've seen mass protests on different things in this country. And when it comes to playing this fall, uh, 30 parents showed up. Do we have some audio? Uh, don't let me let me check. Okay. We'll get a little bit of audio from the, the parents that protested. This is still a, a bad look. Um, and it'll be interesting to see legally what happens from a Nebraska standpoint with Mike Flood and uh, his representation of several Nebraska parents. Does that go anywhere? Can it go anywhere? I mean, other than you've got a commissioner that's been destroyed uh, the last 10 days for a decision. He's been hammered for his PR. He's been ridiculed for his silence. And he is not thought of as a player in the Power Five power broker rankings. Yeah, he's new, but he's been an embarrassment. Part of that is who he represents and some of the chancellors and presidents. Not all Nebraska and Iowa. But some, and let's get down to the nitty gritty. Uh, I can't wait to hear from Michigan State's chancellor slash president. I want to hear from Minnesota's other than, oh, I didn't know that will happen. Well, are you covering your backside or did you put up a fight to play? I love Barry Alvarez, man. Good dude. On with us every year. What type of fight did his president put forward? I mean, think about it. If you've got your clear standing from Ohio State, your clear standing with Nebraska, I know someone's in the car going, shut up and move on. I will next week. I'm still pissed about this week. I'm still pissed about last week. You know where Iowa, Nebraska, and Ohio State, and James Franklin and Penn State are at? So who put the roadblocks up? Who's medical experts? weighed in and had more weight than UNMC in Iowa. And if it comes down to testing turnaround and concern about the accuracy of the tests, give Nebraska and Iowa a call. Maybe they can help out. Get you some product. So, pretty frustrating. Do you see the report from, uh, I believe it was Brian West here in town, that they have a new rapid uh, test yeah, it's yeah. it's they supposedly have very low numbers of the, that kit, but I mean the the tests are there. Uh-huh. It comes down to somebody fronting the money so that they can be produced in mass quantity. Uh huh. Well, 
I don't know. It's, uh, it's not the technology doesn't exist, and it's not they don't exist in high enough quantity for you to buy. You're the Big Ten Conference. You have enough money. You can go. Well, you, you're, the, you're the Big Ten Conference that leads the world in just fantastic research institutions. You get four to be in the Big Ten. You got to be pretty kick ass at being a research institution, right? I mean, and one of the reasons Nebraska got into the Big Ten in the first place was because of UNMC. Thank you. Why don't you rely on that right now? Well, in, in Nebraska has the Big Ten didn't enough. I mean, you have Iowa, you have Nebraska, Northwestern's going to have their doctors. Uh, you're going to have Michigan's medical facility weigh in. I don't know. Michigan State's, I think, good at engineering. I don't know what else. Basketball, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> What's Penn State all about? I mean, I, I don't know what their their sweet spot is, honestly. What What is each school's sweet spot? Rutgers, eh, don't know. <laughs> Rutgers, they, Rutgers is a really good business school. Are they? Phenomenal yeah, business school. Really good business you, school. So can you, what about, oh, well, you, you have uh, Illinois piping up earlier today with the, 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 the swab testing, like the, the uh, through your mouth, the mm-hmm. oral side of things. Not the, let's jam a stick eight inches inside your nose test that they always tested me for with flu. It hurt. Uh, uh, was that the flu with the nose? It was flu. Never for me. No? I don't think so. My doctor hates me anyway. Okay. <laughs> uh, we'll hear from Bill Bender. Bill, Bill Bender's coming up on Hale Varsity. We'll get checked in with him. Some thoughts on what direction Hunter Salas could go. Salas, of course, the, uh, the five-star top ten prospect in the country. And, uh, you know, where's Nebraska stand with him? Vince Powers is going to join us again, 525, get his legal expertise and insight here. What's likely, what's not likely with this potential legal action by Nebraska parents towards the Big Ten? We'll wind down Hour 1 with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. What final time this hour? It's Hale Varsity. It's presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Bill Bender's 10 minutes away. College football insider with the sporting news. We'll talk some ball with him. Vince Powers on the way. And uh, thoughts from you the last half hour of the show. 466-377-6800. 825-5865. Uh, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs proudly on our sister station here in Lincoln at KFOR, your home for the uh, world champion Chiefs. And uh, we have been lucky enough to get caught up with Mitch Holtis uh, from time to time. Uh, here is a Chiefs training camp report. Here's uh, Mitch and what Kansas City's been working on here as the season awaits. This report on the Kansas City Chiefs training camp on KFOR is brought to you by your Lincoln area Hy-Vee stores. Proud sponsors of your world champion, Kansas City Chiefs. 
The Chiefs continued on this Friday with their third padded practice in as many days. Yesterday, Tyreek Hill seemed to tweak a hamstring in a one-on-one -on -one drill, and defensive end Alex Okafor had a calf injury. Both players missed practice again today. However, there were notable players who returned to the practice field this morning from the injury list, including defensive tackle Chris Jones, K-State wide receiver Byron Pringle, and wide receiver Sammy Watkins. Tomorrow, the Chiefs will have a special practice, not in full pads, but inside arrow Stadium. They're going to be watched by 2,000 selected season ticket members. It seems like a good rehearsal for the opening game on September the 10th when 22% capacity will be allowed to attend. Now, 22% of Arrowhead Stadium's capacity is a roughly 16,000 fans. The effort and research to allow or disallow fans to attend Arrowhead this year has been a joint effort with the Chiefs, the City of Kansas City, University of Kansas Health System, and the Kansas City, Missouri Health Department plus the state of Missouri. But there will be strict rules in place. Masks will be required at all times for fans attending. All bags will be prohibited inside the stadium to minimize contact in the security screening process. Tailgating will be permitted, but only for ticketed guests. Ticketing pods will be set up, and the stadium will be divided into zones to eliminate crossover and minimize exposure. Many NFL cities are disallowing fans for the 2020 season due to the coronavirus pandemic. Kansas City is going to try it. And if every fan does what they're supposed to do, the percentage of fans could be allowed to increase as the season progresses. Reporting from Kansas City on your defending world champions, I'm Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs. All right, good stuff from Mitch Holtis. A, a thought from you, Elijah, your beloved donkeys. They're not allowing fans in the stands this year, are they? Uh, to start, no. So I think they've only announced for game one against the Titans, which is Monday Night Football. They've said no fans. But I think as the season co goes on, they could uh, theoretically have fans in the stands eventually. I was checking with pharmacist Jeff, and, and he, I think he's refunded his season tickets. Yeah, I don't think Denver and Colorado being a blue state, uh, not that this is 100% political, but it's kind of political. Uh, I, I don't think there's going to be many fans in the stands for the Broncos this year, if at all. So does that mean you've got a roadie down to Arrowhead to see your donks? I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to see him this year. Or are you year. just going to fly out to to Vegas? Well, I guess we'll see. I don't think that's a, that's a affordable right now for me to go fly to Vegas. <laughs> Maybe a nice little road trip to Vegas and then uh, make all my money back in the casinos. You can only hope. I can only hope. I could talk to Danny Burke, see if I can just get some sports betting going. Well, I would. we would need to do this. We're just making travel plans all, all fall. No Nebraska football. <laughs> we have our weekend to do stuff now, though. But we'll head down to Norman for a weekend. Let's head down to Lawrence for a weekend. Let's head out to Vegas for a weekend. Let's get down to Arrowhead. Roadshow every weekend. Why not? Bill Bender's next. Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. 
Back into it at Tower 2, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's say hi to Bill Bender, the sporting news, and Bill's so awesome with college football and the NFL and all things sports at Bill Bender 92. Bill, we may have a, a shortage of beer and a shortage of tears in said beer here in Big Ten country, my friend, with uh, the double down by Commissioner Warren this week. How are you hanging, Bill, with uh, with what's going on in Big Ten country? Well, I think a lot of people feel pain, whether it's where you guys are at or, you know, um, as you guys know, I'm in central Ohio, um, Ann Arbor, Iowa City. It's been a long week, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to a couple things. I, I still think Kevin Warren at the end made the right decision, and I say that in terms of if it is best for the safety of the players, that's fine. However, I think he made it too early. You know, why not wait like the SEC did? Um, and I think the publicity just nightmare that's followed is a result of the lack of transparency and you're seeing that from from not just the fans coaches athletic directors uh, parents of the players and the players themselves uh, have all kind of come out with this movement and it's striking when you compare it to the other conferences that aren't playing football this season it is and you've got uh you know a potential lawsuit or legal action waiting by parents uh, of some nebraska players that letter and filing happened you have a hand hand delivered letter by nebraska parents you're going to have uh big 10 parents find their way to the big 10 offices that won't be occupied later today but bill you've you've dealt with a lot of high profile and high power folks in the world of of sports, specifically college football. And, you know, from that transparency standpoint and the public universities versus the private universities in the Big Ten, I mean, it's 13 to 1. Are you surprised there's not been more information by the Big Ten? I know it took Warren a long time to respond. He finally had the open letter reiterating their why, but they they don't tell us, here's the map we use to get there when it comes to the, the, the Council on Presidents and Chancellors. Do you see that information eventually being out there to figure out who voted and how they voted? You know, I know that's been a sticking point, and to me it doesn't matter that much um, in terms of what the vote count was or if they did a vote or, you know, even if they did a vote, I think what Twitter would concentrate on is which school said no. I think we both know that. Um, You know, it's pretty clear that Nebraska, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa – wanted to play and uh they're not getting a chance to and they're gonna feel that and those are the places really if you think about it on saturdays if the sec and acc are playing the depression the crying in the beer the whatever phrase you want to use um is going to be felt the most because especially here in columbus i mean i've said this all along i mean they were the school that lost the most with all due respect to nebraska uh ohio state had national championship contender heisman front runner all the pieces to go win one this year. And uh, they're not getting a chance to do that. So that's why Sean Wade's father was out at the Big Ten offices this week or Mm -hmm. today. No, he is. Randy Wade is explaining that what they want, they want dialogue. The the narrative this week has been maybe more sidestepping by folks of the Big Ten with these parents. I mean, if I'm a parent and I'm taking the time to travel to just talk and want to protest this decision, I, I think I should get my five minutes. They should. A parent protest with 40 to 50 parents really isn't going to make the Big Ten change their mind. And I think at the end of the day, the Big Ten took a hard line this week when they came out and doubled down and said, hey, this decision is final. 
period. That's hard to accept. So I understand where the parents are coming from. I mean, you and I both were parents of kids that love to play. You know, I've been able to solve. We've lived in a lot of uncertainty here with sports. You know, one of the things that happened this week, and I, I apologize for not knowing what Nebraska is doing, Ohio made the decision to play high school football. When you have Ohio's high schools playing, and then you have the single biggest, you know, entity as far as football, including the Browns and Bengals, in my opinion, mm-hmm. Ohio State's the biggest thing we have in Ohio as far as football goes. It's the most universal thing we have anyway. And and with them not playing, it's a big deal. I mean, the only FBS program in Ohio right now that is playing is Cincinnati. And that's something that's just going to strike everybody as weird if the season goes on. Your take on January, the Ryan Day plan. Uh, interested in your thought on, on this January setup. Some football is better than no football, but I'm not real jacked about January. January 1st is me watching the Orange Bowl, Bill, not starting the season. That I like some of the spring alternatives for the group of five and D3. I think for the FBS, though, you have to keep in mind, and, and this target number of games is really what I'm telling people, mm-hmm. is once that number hits 20 in a calendar year, you're really playing with fire there. If you're dealing with student-athletes and you're telling them to do two seasons in one year. Um, I get the football the year-round gig, but I think that off-season is so important for strength training, development, all those things that are part of the corner. Bill, we lost you, bud. Oh, sorry. Well, there's this sentiment that it can be done. Can it really, Chris? Like, I, I you can't. I struggle you can't stick. You can't stick with health and safety as your main argument for stopping the season, and say go play more than Cincinnati or, or Cleveland. <laughs> you just can't right. do it. And I think so. Like a five or six game spring schedule that you can maybe get away with that. But if you're a senior, or it does it count toward eligibility? You know, mm-hmm. what, what is it a freebie? What is it? And I think all of those things. Or at work, and I think any spring plan has to come with the idea that um, you're going to play a full season in 2021. I would focus more on that than anything else. If I'm the conference, yeah. is that what is the foolproof plan for a 2020-2021 season that we start to recover and get everything back? And um, that's where I think the focus should be. Well, and to be honest with you, I mean, if I look at 2021 and I want football and I want small businesses to be able to make it and survive financially, uh, and I just don't know how that's going to happen. The 2021 season, Nebraska is supposed to kick things off in Ireland. I want to see that happen. But I for sure want to see Nebraska down in Norman on the 50th anniversary of the game of the century. I want to be down there covering that and doing pregame shows. I mean, Nebraska, Oklahoma, (laughs) we've missed that here. (laughs) I want to make sure that is something that stays intact. Bill, how steady or how teetering is the ACC in your opinion right now with, with the outbreaks that are going on around their campuses? and also you factor in Notre Dame with the distance learning versus the on-campus learning? Well, you know, you're asking college students to behave. That's a tough <laughs> one. Um, I mean, we can all, like, right. like I've, I've said all along, Chris, like I was in college too, and you know, if you're asking 18 to 22-year-olds that aren't playing football to make the right decisions, you might be asking too much. And I said, I made plenty of mistakes at that age. Um, it was very irresponsible at times in college too, but it's hard. It's going to be hard. And that's that double-edged catch-22, whatever phrase you want to use, mm-hmm. is on one end, yeah, it, it might be a little safer for student-athletes to be on campus without the actual students there. But then what are you saying about those student-athletes? That What are you really using them for? And we all know the answer. It's money. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's, it's a tough one. And I, I struggle with that. But I just know 
I remember being on a college campus in September for four years, and once you got down there, it was, you know, to use a very dated reference from Wayne's World, it was definitely party on, and, mm-hmm. and you're telling college students not to have parties. Good luck with that. You know, one thing that we've been bouncing around is not only adopting a team in Mississippi State's who we're going to be checking in on with the Pirate and, and, you know, Iowa State's interesting with Coach Campbell and a lot of trips to Ames over the years that went Nebraska's way. But Campbell's uh, a fun guy and his program is is pretty entertaining. The Mad Hatter's down in Lawrence. So there's, you know, games that are two hours away that, that will be being played, we hope, here in, in less than a month. So that's something. But, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, even though it's not at the state fairs, the one game I've got circled, I may try and make it down there for that. Uh, I know that's October. What's what's a game that you want to go to or a location you've not been to? Uh, you get a chance to cover about wherever you want to go. But what, what's one on that bucket list for you? I haven't been to Oregon. They're okay. not playing this year. But one now a place that's playing this year that I haven't been to, I mean, I haven't. I've covered Oklahoma, Texas. I've not covered Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Okay. And I'm always a fan of those in-state rivalries that, uh, you know, that are huge. Now, you mentioned Nebraska, Oklahoma. That was a game that, uh, you know, I'd love to cover, too. I'm not old enough. I don't. I think they played a couple there, but mm-hmm. I wasn't in college football yet. So, all of those things are, are, are good games. Now, I, I want to hit on this real quick. I did a piece last week kind of matching – Big Ten fans with the SEC school that they should root for, <laughs> and I loosely suggested Missouri, oh, and Nebraska no. fans hammered me, and I'm thinking, <laughs> well, explain this to me, Chris. You guys owned them forever. You were in the same conference. I mean, who would? what SEC school should Nebraska fans root for? I think the easy answer is LSU with Pelini. Yeah, I, well, I mean, you got half of Nebraska's either former staff or, you know, because you got uh, Corey Raymond's down there. He's the secondary coach. You've got Bill Bush, who was part of Callahan's staff and a native Nebraskan uh, down there. And then you got Pelini running the defense. So you have three Huskers. And you have Mickey Joseph down there. I mean, Mickey was – he's the receivers coach. And Mickey um, – Mickey's uh, was a former quarterback at Nebraska. So Nebraska and LSU, I think, is the match. Nebraska just hates Missouri. And <laughs> – Nebraska really hates how they've been treated by Missouri. The urban legend is this, where there used to be a, a group called the Antlers, uh, more of a rowdy group at, at uh, mm-hmm. Missouri, and there was uh, perhaps an abduction of the blow-up doll Little Red, you know, one of the little mascots, where uh, one, t- one minute Little Red's on the sideline, the next he's not, and he's up in the student section and may have been shivved. I mean, the, the Nebraska fans have been horribly treated over the years all the trips they've made down to furrow field and despite maybe winning by an average of 35 points it's not been 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 treated well <laughs> i mean so let me let me give you a full confessional from our end then uh <laughs> i you know sporting news obviously based in st louis uh-huh. uh before before i started working there but when they started in charlotte a lot of the guys that have worked at sporting news through the years are mizzou grads in oh, fact sure. two of my better friends there are definitely Mizzou grads, and there was one former NFL editor. And one night we were out having some beers, and we bring up the uh, the kick game with yeah. with Frost, right? Yeah, 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 and yeah. he's retelling it, watching it in the newsroom, and he almost started crying. <laughs> I mean, it's like because they wanted to beat Nebraska so bad when they were at Missouri. It was like, and I. But my point was, well, at least you got a former Big Eight. You guys can 
even if you can't agree on anything, you can sit around and watch a game and, and talk about the Big 8 or the Big 12 and, and go from there. But, you know, I also said Ohio State was a good match with LSU, obviously, with the Joe Burrow mm-hmm. connection. Sure. And, um, they, I know just from being around here, Ohio State, if they have to choose between LSU and Alabama, they're going to pick rooting against Alabama. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right with that. And Now, uh, Missouri, they, they you know, and, and Nebraska, like, crushed them for a long time. Like, during uh, the Osborne era, there was, uh, right as, as soon as Coach got the job, Missouri had some really good teams. And Missouri broke a lot of hearts where – you know, Coach Devine was was rolling before he went to Notre Dame, and um, so it, it's always been back and forth. And I think what ticks off Missouri people is Nebraska would go get who they wanted forever from the state of Missouri: Grant Wistrom, Mike Rucker, Steve Warren. Um, mm-hmm. Same with Iowa fans. There's a bunch. Yeah, I mean they they'd go get whoever they wanted in the state of Missouri. And then Pinkle got down there, man, and Pinkle shut the border down. They got really good. They annihilated Nebraska quite a few times. If you think back to some of the the uh, the mid two thousand years, and I mean, it, it finally stopped in a rainy night on a Thursday with Indomik and Sue. But uh, no, Missouri's really. I mean, they they were really really good. But yeah, Nebraska owned them for a long time, and I don't blame Missouri fan not only rating your state for your top players, but also. Getting forty put up on you regularly every every fall. There's there's not a lot of love at all for for yeah. Nebraska with Missouri fan, and I don't blame them. Yeah, and yeah, I got it. I got handed to me on Twitter a little bit, so I got a lesson there. I think so. I'm going to blame <laughs> all, all those Mizzou grads I worked with when Do I ran it. by, and they're like, "Oh, it's fine." And they probably were doing that wink, wink, nod, nod, wait to see what his Twitter feed looks like <laughs> after that. But um, it was a fun exercise. Like, I, for example, we put. Michigan matched up with Tennessee. Oh, sure. I don't think two schools mm-hmm. fit a dating profile more than those two. Uh, yeah, um, right. You know, Wisconsin and Georgia. Uh-huh. But that's the thing. I mean, all of us in Big Ten country, if, if it isn't going to happen, um, you are going to have to watch some school. We're going to have to be uncomfortable. I still think it'll be watched. But I think, you know, this notion that it, it's just going to hurt. And, mm-hmm. and I don't – and I think that's going to be the hardest part is it's going to hurt watching – a college football Saturday, not seeing script Ohio, not seeing you know Michigan touch the banner, not seeing the the sea of red and all those mm-hmm. kind of things, and that's that's what's kind of eating at me of late anyway. Bill, we'll uh, we'll uh, virtually uh, put our arms around each other and and <laughs> and, and fight through uh, a football season. Uh, absent in the Big Ten. We'll, we'll get caught up again and hit some NFL. Thanks for a few minutes today. It was always fun to get caught up. Hey, no problem, Chris. Appreciate you. Bill Bender, Sporting News. Good thoughts there. And some Missouri guys he worked uh, works with said, hey, pair Nebraska up with Missouri. And Nebraska fans hate Missouri, and Missouri fans hate Nebraska. Did, did you have any horror stories from going down there? And I've never been to Columbia. I've heard some horror stories from their fans down yeah. there. No, I've, I've got plenty. Almost uh, like it's of, a little bolder. Right. You, I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it, except that uh, it's pretty good. Uh want to remind you about your friends at West Blue Realty, westbluerealty.com. You move it in 2020. 
Hey, uh, give your friends at West Blue Realty a ring when you mention Hale Varsity. You could get up to $1,000 off the closing of your next home purchase. Give Tom Luby a shout at 402-540-3768 or Kelly Hofschneider. Kelly can help you as well. 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue. 1120 K Street, Suite 200 in Lincoln. Vince Powers up next. Some legal analysis here on this filing by Nebraska Parents. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a caught preteen Swedish boy. Okay, we're going to switch it up here in about 15 minutes and a pretty good topic going on Twitter about the hardest scene you've ever laughed at in a movie. Dan tweets in and says, you know what? My uh, relatives are from around Columbia. Always treated the Missouri game like a family reunion, either a home or away. I've got a thousand stories about those worthless bleeps over there in meth land. <laughs> so I'm glad. That one took a turn. I was expecting him to like, go against us and say, no, it's like actually not a bad place to no, be. No, he, he, calls, he calls Columbia meth land. <laughs> Oh, no easy transition. Let's welcome in a fantastic legal mind. We say hi to Vince Powers, Vince Powers Law, at Vince Powers on Twitter. Vince, back-to-back Fridays, man. How you doing? Uh, doing well. Thanks again for having me. Appreciate it. Well, appreciate you. And I wanted to get your thoughts here. You have Nebraska parents asking the Big Ten for the vote results when it comes to the uh, the chancellor's and president's vote here uh, on uh, deciding to cancel the fall season. They want the the minutes. There's a a a, through, a, a suit that's threatened. And Vince, uh, lay out what what's going on here. You've got a group of uh, Nebraska parents, and you have an attorney, Mike Flood, that has uh, sent a formal letter. Uh, for, what's your reaction to this, first of all, as, as a lawyer? Well, my first reaction is we can make fun of Columbia, but those folks are going to be watching football in the, uh, in the <laughs> oh, SEC. No, now. So, joke's on us. Touche. <laughs> Touche, Vince. So, you know, uh, Mike, Mike's a good lawyer. He's with a very good firm up in Norfolk. Uh, so he would have, you know, looked into this before he did what, is very important, which is he said, if this doesn't happen, I'll file a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. So he must feel he has grounds. And I think what he's referring to, and we have what's called open records laws in Nebraska or Freedom of Information Acts, as a lot of people refer to them as. And the question is, uh, I can send a letter, you can send a letter, anybody can send a letter to uh, a government office, City of Lincoln. I'd like every email that uh, involved ABC. The question is whether or not the Big Ten is covered by any of the open records uh, laws in the various states. In Oklahoma, they would be. In Nebraska, it's kind of an open question. And and the reason they might be because they're what we call a 501c3 corporation, which means they're a non... They don't have to pay taxes. So the argument is... We, the taxpayers, are supporting you because if you had to pay taxes on your extraordinary amount of money you bring in from television alone, uh, 
you wouldn't make as much money. So we, the public, are supporting you. Therefore, you should be open to to have these uh, this information given out. And so I think what they want to see, because is was there a meeting? Was there a vote? What was said? And and what I picking up on last week, what I what I like that they're asking for is what is the medical evidence upon which you based your decision? And uh, my expectation is that the Big Ten will ignore this letter and that, you know, they'll file a lawsuit seeking to get that uh, information. The, the thing, why these laws have to apply is because the parents aren't students. The parents have no, what we call, standing to sue. Uh, you know, I'm a witness to a bad car wreck. I don't get to file a lawsuit. The driver, you know, someone, a passenger who's directly affected, or uh, if you want to make a claim, as the student athletes can make a claim, that they have a, some kind of contractual relationship with the University of Nebraska that carries over to the Big Ten, they can make a claim, but not the parents. But under open records, anybody can write that letter, and anybody can, can get that information. So I, I would expect we'll, we'll see a lawsuit. I, I doubt if the Big Ten is going to pay any attention to them. Vince Powers is with us. Vince Powers, Law Hale Varsity Radio. We're talking about uh, the letter the Big Ten office and Commissioner Warren has received from Nebraska football parents and their attorney, Mike Flood. And uh, they uh, say that our student athletes deserve some answers. So if, if the Big Ten ignores this, the next action is the lawsuit you just talked about standing, Vince. Does that mean the student athletes have to get involved and sue? Not, or, not or? if not if you're looking for just records. Okay. To, to, again, let's say somebody wants to know where was the governor of Nebraska last Tuesday. You can send in an open records request asking for his calendar, um, and and any public official. So here, they just have to. They've written the letter. They've asked for it. And uh, they didn't follow, like, the open records law of Nebraska, which requires a five-day answer. There's all sorts, sorts of certain requirements. But I think what they want to do is put some pressure on the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And I don't know their true objective here, but looking at it is we want, to, we want you to have to come forward and tell us what's up. And the filing of that lawsuit uh, is this a way of putting you know pressure on the Big Ten? The the lawsuit no one's talked about, and I'm kind of wait wondering about, is as you know, Chris, the NCAA now allows players to uh, market themselves on what is it likeness, name, image, image and likeness, and whatnot. Yeah, sure. So let's say Chris Schmidt was uh, an, you know going to be a starter in Nebraska. You might have been able to make fifteen to thirty thousand dollars. I'm just throwing that number out. Or that you name. Walk... <laughs> that name. Go ahead. I'm sorry right. to interrupt. <laughs> but they are. There are people that are suffering an economic loss, and I'm not talking about the uh, forty or fifty people at the athletic department that got furloughed today for four months, which is very unfortunate. But the student athletes who have a very limited window, because I. I would assume almost all persons at Nebraska who play uh, college football and especially volleyball 
are not going to go on and profit, or not profit, but make money from their skills in a professional league. So there's a very limited window on when these student athletes uh, can can promote themselves mm-hmm. with with their likeness and and you know someone their their players that are very well known throughout the uh, Big Ten area that aren't going to be able to, to to do that and I they think would seem to have a a more serious claim not like we talked about last week with that you know that that kind of nonsense about liability which. Sure. As you notice, nobody's talking about it this week because it, it was just kind of made up. And by the way, I did look a little into the lawyer that they were supposedly quote that they quoted who worked for the NCAA. So yeah, of course he was saying that. But but I think if we get if we look at it, the, the parents are applying pressure, and they're doing it in a in a little different way than the parents that that wanted to meet with the Big Ten commissioner and whatnot and give the letter. These parents are going to file a lawsuit. They're going to say, uh, these are records to which we're entitled. You're benefiting from our tax do- from for not having to pay tax dollars. And the request, why it's, why it's uh, very, very clever on, on uh, Senator Flood, or soon to be Senator Flood again, because um, he's running for the unicameral and he's running unopposed because he's very popular in, in his district, and he's a former speaker of the legislature, it really applies pressure because what they're saying is just turn over the records. In other words, Big Ten, are you going to go hire a law firm in Nebraska to defend this case and spend all this money when they're not asking for money damages? They're just simply saying, give us the records. And so I think it applies uh, pressure, and, and I think it's uh, to be applauded that these parents are willing to put their names out there. And it's nice that they're doing it on behalf of their their kids, you know, they're young children, they're young adults. Excuse yeah, me. No, that's fine. Vince Powers with us. Uh, Vince Powers Law at Vince Powers on Twitter. Got about two and a half minutes left here. Elijah wants to jump in, Vince, with a real quick question. Yeah, Vince, I'm just wondering if this court or if this case does make it to court. A, what are the odds you think that even happens? And B, do you think Nebraska parents here have a good case, or what do they have to prove in a court of law to get these records? Well, the, the only thing they have to prove is that the law that 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 the open record laws apply. Gotcha. That's all they have to do. That that the Big Ten, which is a five hundred one c three, I believe, that it uh, has these records. Now, the one one avenue that, that that doesn't require a lawsuit is, and they may have done this, is you can send a letter. You, Chris Schmidt, could send a letter, or anyone listening can send a letter to the University of Nebraska, pursuant to the open record law saying in five business days, turn over all correspondence, all emails that you've received from the Big Ten and any other university that's a member of the Big Ten that touches upon playing fall sports. Mm -hmm. The university would have to give you all that. But I don't think that's what they're really doing. I mean, I think what they want to do is call out the Big Ten because I think they continue to have this hope that maybe we can play football again, and that I'll leave to other people, whether or not you can still do that. But the University of Nebraska clearly has to produce records. I, I send them open records all the time. I send them the, as, as part of my law practice, and they turn them over. And so, uh, but I think they, they, they're, they don't want the University of Nebraska to be embarrassed because the University of Nebraska is on their side. They want the Big Ten commissioner 
to have to say and the Big Ten lawyers have to say, we'd rather spend a lot of money keeping this all secret than turning over what is a very reasonable request, at least in my opinion. That would speak volumes if they battle this and spend money and energy and time and university counsel uh, to, to defend this. And it'd be interesting to see if different schools or what schools oppose this if there is opposition. So, yeah, and, the, and the schools can't oppose it. I mean, it's directly, directly to the Big Ten, gotcha, which is an gotcha. alliance of schools. And I think they're all... I, the pressure point is, You've come out with this open letter. You've now said you relied on it. It's an open letter that, that had a lot of words but had no names. It didn't say we relied on uh, Dr. Jones, who said A, B, C, D, based upon the Johns Hopkins study mm-hmm. of July 28th. Gotcha. gotcha. And now they're saying, we want to see it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so if, if they fight it, it means they don't have it. Wow. It's pretty simple. It's, That's fascinating. It's, 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 Vince, so we, I got applaud uh, uh, Mike Flood, who's a good person, good lawyer, and I think these parents uh, are, are taking. You know, what's good about these Nebraska parents are they're not just spinning their wheels. They're saying to themselves, "What can we do to apply maximum pressure?" And they're doing it. Vince, pleasure to spend another Friday with you, sir. You have a good you weekend, bet. and thanks for the time today. Absolutely, thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Okay, this is a pretty good topic. Kyle Brandt, part of the uh, Jim Rome Show formerly, and he's uh, part of Good Morning Football on the NFL Network. This is uh, a fun Friday topic we'll start doing this year is we crank up with <laughs> no Friday forecast <laughs> in the forecast for college football. We'll do some NFL forecasting for sure here this fall. Well, we, we could still do some Friday forecasts. We'll, we'll do that. We'll do that. we got to get Clausburn on board. got to get Danny Burke in. got to get the Big 12, the SEC, and the ACC on yes. board. Well, in, don't kid yourself. <laughs> in two weeks, they're going to be shut down. Hot take, bold prediction, made by thousands, but I'm getting in line with that. You're just no fun right now. That's the thing. Have no. some hope. Oh, dude, come on. <laughs> <laughs> hope is gone yeah. like my bottle of vodka. 2020 has taken all hope. It is. Vince Powers is phenomenal. Check that podcast out. He was incredible. The way he laid out the, uh, the football parents' lawsuit potential and the letter to the Big Ten office from attorney Mike Flood. And uh, Vince Powers, our go-to. We love Vince. Vince, a proud supporter of the show. We appreciate him for years and appreciate his insight. So ESPNLincoln.com, you'll find Vince Powers posted. You'll get that up on Twitter at ESPNLincoln, as well as Bill Bender. And then Derek Peterson earlier today on a Friday weekend tomorrow. uh, Weekend edition gets going at 7 tomorrow morning. Myself, Mark Cranach. Are you sleeping one off tomorrow morning or are you... uh, you uh, you in? I believe Damon's in. I should probably check with him and make sure. Uh, but I got high school football here tonight, so good. Getting my hours Mo- doing that. Mo- Mozi has uh, got North Star and Hastings tonight, and that'll uh, pregame here in less uh, a little about an hour hour and five minutes for the uh, the pregame. So back to the the movie question. Okay, what's the hardest movie theater laugh 
of your lifetime. What was it? And Kyle Brandt says it was something about Mary, 1998, when you had the zipper scene. Oh, that's a good one. I mean, the Pork zipper scene. Yeah, yeah, the zipper scene's pretty good. <laughs> and and Warren just makes me smile, especially how he'll throat punch you if you touch his earmuffs. Okay, the uh, <laughs> the the, uh, the the hair gel scene though in that movie is also hilarious. That's pretty good, but the. The scream that Ben Stiller let out with the zip. And, I mean, it's just a creepy look where he's smiling. He's got, you know, a teeth full, you know, mouth full of metal. And, and it looks really wrong. It looks really, really wrong. And he's just thinking about a good prom night. And, you know, Mom and uh, Cameron Diaz get the wrong impression. So, if I got to go movie theater laugh... I think I went with my, uh, I went with some buddies in, in high school to Happy Gilmore. Saw Happy Gilmore in the theater. And Happy Gilmore was freaking hilarious. It still is. It's, it's hilarious. But just, I mean, there's a there's hundred uh, seats, but I, I lost it with the the Bob Barker, Happy Gilmore fight scene. That was too good. And there's subtle little little one-liners. Again, Ben Stiller, a theme. Well, you can have a warm glass of shut the hell up. Arts and crafts time has now been extended to four hours today. Is pretty good. The scene that I will cry laughing at, and I didn't see Anchorman 2 in the movie theater. But the dinner scene. Oh, were they eating bats? No, the, no. no, 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 no. The dinner scene in Anchorman 2, where he goes to meet his girlfriend's family, and they're not, they're, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're an African American family, and, and Ron Burgundy is trying to go street. And he's pissing the dad off and the mama off and the brothers and sisters. And he utters the term pipe hitting bitches <laughs> and mashed potatoes. I was going to say the scene from, uh, from Anchorman 1. You know what I'm talking about? The scene in Anchorman 1 where they all, uh, was they smoke crack live on the, yeah, on the set? Yeah, I did not know that. It's illegal. They're getting arrested. Yeah. That one had me crying, too. That was too. pretty good. Who do we have on the horn? Oh, Jeff. Jeff. Jeff, welcome into Hale Varsity, sir. Thanks for calling. Hello. Did we break the phone? Jeff, do we got you? Yes. Hello. Hey, go ahead. Good to get through. Go ahead, Bob. Uh, well, I'm 53, so I go back a ways. Uh, Clint Eastwood, when he was had his movies with the orangutan. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and his, way. his mother would uh, would uh, take that pump, a shotgun, and shot up all the uh, motorcycle gang that came into her yard. And, and some of the sayings that she would say about her Oreo cookies and so forth. Yes. No, I no, Jeff, you're you're right on. That's hilarious. The orangutan in that movie was priceless and the the mother was was incredible. Philo was was kind of good too. Yeah. Hey, can I can I just say a couple of uh couple things about the the football that that you've been talking about today? Sure. Um 
I, I, I really hate what happened with the Big Ten. I think our commissioner dropped the ball in terms of his delivery. Um, I guess we're going to have to see if, if in the end he, he is right. I would like more transparency uh, for it. Um, I think that, that we all um, deserve more uh, answers than what he gave. I really don't like how the national media treated uh, Scott Frost mm-hmm. uh, for his comments, yet Lane Kiffin can say about anything he wants, and that's okay. I mean, he, he's, he's for pro players, he's pro this. He, Lane Kiffin's the waffler. But here in Nebraska, do we have, I mean, we're not, don't, it seems like we're not going to have Husker football. So I, you know, I personally, I would love to go and see a Texas Tech game. Uh, I still um, am pissed at them for what they did to us when they ran up the score <laughs> when I think Callahan was here. Um, I would like. Let's let's be straight. And Jeff, I'm going to jump in and and thank you so much. We're up against a break, but appreciate you much. A tech game would be great, but in hindsight, Leach was running up the score on Steve Peterson. Okay, that's what Leach was doing. He was he was just dropping the hammer on Steve Peterson and the idiocy he brought to the athletic department. Period. That, that game's actually one of my first Husker memories. I remember watching that game over at my aunt's house. and uh, It was on TBS, and we ran out of beer. See, that's why we are at my aunt's house, because she had TBS and we didn't at the time. Okay. And uh, that, that game was painful back in my memory. One of the earlier games I remember. This morphed into, yeah. <laughs> it was 70 to 10, and Leach kept throwing. <laughs> that was good. We talked about that. I don't that. think it was that good. <laughs> oh, it, at that point, I mean, you felt for the players, yeah, absolutely. But Steve Peterson's, anywho, uh, we'll wind down on Friday. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. A few more entries. Uh, Brett chimes in. He is in love with Scent of a Woman. That movie with Al Pacino, he won his Oscar for, Chris O'Donnell. Bunch of prep school pukes, but uh, Chris O'Donnell's character is pretty good. But uh, Lieutenant Colonel Frank Slade, that movie's incredible. Uh, And there's a scene towards the end of it before a, a giant speech given by Pacino's character where three of the accomplices that are kind of hiding behind their wealth get called out by Lieutenant Colonel Frank Slade, where he names the three kids in front of a, a, a assembly hall full of eighth grade through seniors. Just think of think of the people, future Big Ten students, <laughs> pulling you out of that conversation, Nebraska and Iowa. But just really uppity blazer and tie crew and if you went to a a prep school awesome great great education i'm sure you had fun or at least you're in a good spot because of it so not everyone's painted this way but there's some smarmy jokers that 
I'm sure you either know or maybe you're one. Anywho, but you have this this F-bomb, you know, an F-U by Pacino in this rageful voice that's hilarious. It, it, that's 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 Brett's input. That's the funniest moment he's seen in a movie theater where he just lost it in the theater. Goes back to a Twitter question that's out there by Kyle Brandt from the NFL Network. What's the hardest you ever laughed in a movie theater? Anchorman Two, the the dinner table scene for me is there. The uh, Nutty Professor, another dinner table scene mm. with with Eddie Murphy playing all the. The characters and they're just they're just breaking wind, just ripping off fart after fart, and it's yet the Hercules, Hercules, the clapping, you know, or or the grandma trying to fight the dad, saying, "Come on with it, Cletus, <laughs> come on, Cletus." They ringing a bell with you or no? No, no. You, I, didn't, you ever saw any of the uh, the Nutty Professor one or two with I, Eddie Murphy? I think I did, but. Oh, Must dude, I, my memory. I like had tears coming. And then like Dumb and Dumbers. Awesome. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, well, too young to have seen it in a theater, but. I mean, especially when they're like sword fighting and he just gets cracked behind his legs. What killed Climb me? out! How about the scene, the bathroom scene where he takes oh, all the laxatives? Completely. <laughs> <laughs> Poor um, Harry. I'm thinking of one. I, I don't think I saw this one in a theater either, but it was Death at a Funeral. Never saw it. Oh, that's a good one where it's uh, these guys. Uh, they go to their dad's funeral, and they find at the funeral, there's this little midget at the funeral who was their dad's <laughs> lover, who he had hid all his life, and he wants these reparations because he's had all these photos of him and his dad in compromising positions, and he wants money, and they end up killing the dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I highly recommend that movie. Because that one's got, I think it's got Eddie Murphy in it, too. And just uh, that, That's w- one of the funnier movies I've seen in the past 10 years is Death at a Funeral. I might have to check that out. There's like some some funny stuff, and I know it's it's a drama, but it's also like a dark comedy. There's some funny stuff in American Beauty. Haven't seen it. Really? Mm-mm. All right. Back at you tomorrow, weekend edition at 7 a.m. Have a good weekend with Hale Varsity. See you.